You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Hey, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into the words. So why don't we pray together? Invite the Holy Spirit back into the room, and uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna dive in. So Jesus, we thank you, Lord, just for the privilege uh, it is, Lord God, to be in your house, Lord God, to be in your presence with your people under your word, Lord. I pray that we will never take these moments for granted. Lord, we think and we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world that cannot meet in public like this, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that they will be an example to us, Lord God, never to, to shrink back, Lord God, never to be on autopilot, Lord Jesus, because we know we serve a God who's not on autopilot. We serve a God who is present, who is near, Lord Jesus. So I pray over the next few minutes together, Lord God, may you take this message and break it into hundreds and even thousands pieces, Lord God, that every single person will hear what they need to hear, that by the time we leave this place, that people will leave more in love with you than when we came in. We thank you, God, that you will speak through me like I believe you've spoken to me. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And if you believe it, can you shout amen? Amen. I wonder if you've ever thought about the natural and the spiritual. Where does one end and the other one begin? You know, where does the natural end and the spiritual begin? Over the last few years, if you've been watching any movie whatsoever, especially superhero movies, you would have seen that there is this theme that's been popping up lately of the multiverse. You know, all these different movies and genres, and they're all talking about this idea that we live in this universe, but there are multiple universes existing at the same time, and somehow one interacts with another, and we don't exactly know how. And and really, it's a resurgence of an idea because it's not a new idea. It's an ancient idea, both in philosophy and science and in religion. And it's been an idea that people have described and used as an explanation of how to explain how everything has come about. And this idea is, is really, it's, I think one of, the idea, one of the reasons why it's resurfacing again is because it gives people an, you know, a possible explanation how everything came about, but, but at the same time removing the personal God. Because if you can remove the God element, there is no responsibility on me to respond to that idea. And so today I wanna speak a message that's kinda addressing this whole idea of a multiverse. Now I have several titles for this message uh, because I couldn't decide on one. So you can just pick whatever you want. Uh, The first title you can choose from is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Bit of a mouthful, I get it. Second one you can choose from is naturally spiritual, spiritually natural. Good one, no. Or you can just go with multiverse. Let's go with that one, Multi, multiverse. It's funny when you talk to people about Jesus, I don't know how your friends they are, but, or people in Manchester or in Geneva, wherever you might be, but when you talk to people about Jesus, it's, it's funny how quickly they will dismiss it and go, that's so old fashioned or that's so irrelevant or the big one is, well, science can't prove it, so surely it's not real. And then it doesn't take long for the conversation to go into things like karma, uh, energies, 
uh, light and, and hope. And, and suddenly we're talking about things like, I just want this year to be a, a, a year of light and, and, and life. And, and I'm gonna send good energies into the world and then I'll get good energies back. And it's like, wait a minute, you're dismissing God because of science, but you are accepting karma because of what is it now? <laughs> you know, it's interesting how there is something inside of us that understand that there is more than meets the eye. I was recently in Copenhagen in a taxi, in a cab, and I was on my way into the city. It was Friday afternoon, and I was just speaking with the driver, and I was just asking him, I was like, so you got a big night ahead of you? He's like, yeah, I'm working through the night. And I'm like, okay, well, that, it gets rowdy Friday night in Copenhagen. Like, how do, you, how do you prepare yourself? And we were chatting, and then I go, do you have any rules for your cab? Like, do you have any rules that you kind of set yourself for a night like tonight? And he goes, yeah, I got a few rules. And I'm like, what are they? He goes, well, the first rule is, if it's illegal in the country, it's illegal in my car. I'm like, that's a good rule. You know, I think we have this similar rule in our parenting, you know? You know, that's a good rule to live by. And I go, anything else? And he goes, yeah, like I, I kind of just go by, if you know it's wrong, then don't do it. You know those things? He goes, you know those things that you just know they're wrong? I go, yeah, I know those things. And he's like, yeah, so, that, so I just say, we don't do that. I go, isn't that funny though? He's like, what? Isn't it funny that we all have an idea and we know what is, like, what is wrong? He's like, yeah. I go, where does that come from? He's like, what do you mean? I go, where does it come from that we all have this inbuilt knowledge that something is right and something is obviously wrong? Because evolution wouldn't have taught me that. Because evolution would go, if I can get ahead by taking something from you, well, it sucks to be you. You know, if I can get ahead, the strongest survives. So where does that come from? Because I've never thought about that. Where does that come from? He goes, what do you do? I go, I'm a pastor. He goes, oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, deep down though, I think most of us, most people understand there is more than meets the eye. We, we describe it different and we put different labels on it and we, we talk about a vibe, we talk about an atmosphere, we talk about energies, we talk about a, a presence, we, we, we put all these words to it. We look at the stars and we get into the room and we, we try and pinpoint it, we try and put a finger on it, but we can't exactly because we don't have the language for it. And the Bible describes it like this in Ecclesiastes 3.11, that God has made everything beautiful for its own time that He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even then, people can't see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Deep inside of our hearts, there is in the human person, in the human being, there is an inbuilt code for something more. What if we are living in a world within a world? What if, let's just play with the idea, what if there is a multiverse? What if there is a world that exists within this world. Now, I'm a big believer, church, that you shouldn't apply spiritual principles to all natural problems. Now, if you grew up in the 90s as a Christian, you would know what I'm talking about. The devil got blame for everything. <laughs> it's like, the, the, I've got demons in my health. And it's like, yeah, maybe you get off the junk food diet, you know? Maybe that's why. Or it's like, the devil's attacking my finances. It's like, no, you just don't have a budget. <laughs> or a job. I mean, it's, it's so easy to, to spiritualize everything. So I don't believe that there is a spiritual solution to all natural problems, but that has to be balanced with that there are natural consequences to our spiritual disciplines. You know, the, 
The challenge with creating a, a difference between the natural and the spiritual is that we start differentiating in value between the two. We start going, well, it doesn't really matter how I live as long as I can tick the boxes of my spirituality. As long as I'm, as long as I'm in church and it's kind of like, yeah, our spiritual disciplines become protection money against angry mafia God. It's like I paid my tithe, that's my protection money. <laughs> I've been to church, I've checked in, you know? And it, and it kind of like, and that gives us a, a miss and it gives us a pass for everything we do in the natural. When Jesus, He stepped onto the planet 2000 years ago, He stepped into a religious circus. He stepped into a world where where people were fulfilling all the spiritual disciplines, but naturally they were missing the point. They were dismissing the hungry. They were stepping over the needy. They were mistreating people, but they were justifying it because they said, but it's okay because I'm doing all the spiritual correct things. Out of this culture is what came Gnosticism, which later got popularized by Plato. And the whole idea was that we need to graduate from all the natural, all this stuff, this flesh that we live in, we need to graduate from it into the spiritual. Now, why am I talking about that today? Because we have a similar mindset today. We, we have this mindset where we compartmentalize our lives, where we say, well, this is my work box. This is my church box. This is my relationship box. This is my finance box. This is my education box. This is my Friday night box. That gets its own box. You know, this is my online box. And so we have all these different boxes and we think, we decide which boxes interact with which. So we sit in church and we get angry at the preacher from talking about finances because like, hey preacher, talk about church stuff. I'm in my church box. Don't talk about my marriage. Don't talk about my kids. Don't talk about my job. Don't talk about my finances. Don't talk about my mental health. Just talk church. But that's not how the Bible works. God is in all. He is through all. He is over all. He's out the Lord of all. He's not Lord of all. So there is this differentiation between the two. And just like the Gnostics, they had this idea of escapism that I need to escape from my natural world into the spiritual. We have a similar escapism today. We, we, we can't deal with what is going on in this box. So I escape into something else. It could be I escape into drugs. I escape into alcohol. I escape online. I escape into work. I'm working a hundred hour a week because I can't deal with my family. And it's like, well, I'm doing it for the kids. Really? The ones you never see. I escape into an affair. I escape into something else. Or sadly, some people will try and escape life itself. This year, 700,000 people will commit suicide around the world. It's the fourth largest cause of death between 15 and 29 years of age. So this escapism is really real. And the other side effect that you start to differentiating between the natural and the spiritual is that suddenly morality becomes relative because I have no greater guiding post. I have nothing that is guiding me in what is right and what is wrong because hey, if it feels good, do it. I can do what I want, when I want, with whom I want, how I want because this is just a natural world and it's, it is disconnected from everything else. But that is just not what we see in the Bible. 
We don't see a Saviour that stepped into the world in order to escape from the world. No, He stepped into the world in order to redeem the world. He doesn't want you to be escaping out of that job, escape out of that. No, He wants to redeem your job, redeem your career, redeem your mental health, redeem your friendship circles, redeem the broken pieces. That is what God desires to do. We serve a Redeemer. The Redeemer still lives. And in order to redeem, it, is, it means just to restore something to its original purpose and value. God wants to restore our lives, every single part of it. But when we start to separate the natural and the spiritual, that is when we start breaking up the purpose of the two. I mean, how are we to separate the two anyways? Who, who decides where one ends and the other one begins? I mean, we just had worship. Is that natural or spiritual? You might say, oh, spiritual. Is it though? I mean, I saw some natural drums, some natural keys, some natural guitars, some natural words. So what is it? Is it natural or spiritual? Where does one end and the other one begin? What about fasting? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not eating. I'm, I'm, I'm abstaining from something natural. Is it natural or is it spiritual? What about generosity? Proverbs 19.7. It says, if I give to the poor, natural, I lend to the Lord. Wait, what? Stop. <laughs> Rewind. Like, what? I give to the poor, natural. I'm lending to the Lord. When did it become spiritual? And then He will repay, natural. Malachi 3.10, bring your whole tithe, natural, into the house, natural. You know, so there might be food in my house and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the windows of heaven, spiritual, and pour out such a blessing that you cannot contain it, natural and spiritual. So where does one end and the other one begin? Could it be they don't? Could it be that we actually live in a world that is naturally spiritual, spiritually natural? It's all natural and it's all spiritual. This is why what we do, it matters. How we live, it matters. How I speak, how I treat people, everything I do, everything about my natural life matters because everything about my natural life is spiritual. It's all the same unto God. Jesus said in Mark 11, 25, when you stand praying, If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. What? So wait, so my, the quality of my relationships, my natural relationships directly impacts the quality of my relationship with God. I mean, do we have any husbands here today? Okay, three people in the front row. Do we have any other husbands here today? Okay, let me just, let me just give you a word of advice here. Wisdom, just wisdom. Um, husbands, um, this is, you can't do it now, obviously, because they, they're hearing it now. But if a preacher ever asks, are there any husbands here? It's a very easy way. No matter what you've done this week, it's a very easy way to get some quick brownie points, okay? So if someone was to ever ask, do we have any husbands here? That is your moment to go, yes! standing up, pointing at the wife of your youth and saying, she is my queen. I am only a king because of this queen. Yes, I am a husband, okay? 
So let us just pretend, you're not gonna get a full point for this. If there was some effort, you might get half a point. So let's try again. Do we have any husbands here today? Well done, well done, well done. Wow, wow. Wives, you must be so proud, wow, wow. Now listen, the Apostle Peter, he writes to the husband and he says, husbands, you gotta treat your wives with respect. Why? So nothing will hinder your prayers. I don't care how many rolled up papers you put in that wall. God is saying how I treated my wife at home before I got to church has a direct impact on the success of those prayers. What's natural and what is spiritual? Now, before we get into it, I have to do a disclaimer. Paul obviously writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy and he says, you know, physical training is of some value, but godliness is of eternal value. So we do understand in the eternal perspective that at the end of the day, our spiritual lives, it obviously trumps everything. But once that has been said, how we live our year and how we live our lives, it actually matters. But one thing is to wish for this, this life, this year to be good. One thing is to hope for this year to be good. Another way to do is also to ask ourselves, if I was to change nothing in my life, no disciplines, no, no habits, if I was to change nothing, what would my life look like by the end of 2024? Where would I be relationally? Where would I be financially? Where would I be in my education? Where would I be in my career? Where would I be in my ministry life? Where would I be in my spiritual life? Where would I be with my friends? Where would I be in every single aspect of my life if I didn't change anything? The law of entropy states that if anything is left to itself, it will move naturally towards decay and disorder. Now you might stand here, sit here today and go, oh great, another new year, new me message. You still don't get it then. Because a new year will not produce a new me unless I make some new choices. <laughs> if I don't change anything about who I am and what I do, it will just be a new year, same me. <laughs> You've got to choose. Who do I want to be? I mean, this is why Paul, he wrote to the Romans, everything you do, your whole life, it is your worship to God. Like Marcus Aurelius said, you know, made popular by Rusty, Russell Crowe, AKA the gladiator. What we do in life echoes in eternity. So just four questions I wanna ask today, is that okay? Four questions I wanna ask everyone to consider this week. Four questions just to ask yourself and to answer and preferably with someone to keep yourself accountable. The number one is what should I start? What should I stop? What should I change? And what should I continue? Just four things, we're gonna go through each of these, but what should I start? What should I stop? What should I change? And what should I continue? Now, notice that I'm not saying start doing and stop doing and continue doing because sometimes it's not about doing, but it's about being. You know, because who I choose to be determines what I choose to do. So maybe it's like, I need to start being present. I need to stop being a victim. I need to start being a parent. I need to start being the leader that I, according to my title, I need to start, stop, change, continue being something that's gonna have a direct impact on what I do. So number one, what should I start? You know, the old Chinese proverb says, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So what's the one step you can take today 
towards whatever it is that you have in your heart to do. You might say, well, I wanna, I wanna be financial free, independent. That's awesome. I mean, that's a good goal to have. So what's the first step? It could be start a budget. It could be, you know, get a job, you know? You know, just, you know, hypothetically, it could be anything. You might say, I wanna, I wanna run a marathon this year. Brilliant. Maybe, you know, start walking to just a mailbox or start taking the stairs. What is the one step you can take? in order to move towards whatever it is that you have in your heart that you wanna start doing. I wanna start a business. I wanna, I wanna start a relationship this year. I wanna start a, a, a group. I wanna start a Bible study. I wanna start serving. I wanna start giving. I wanna, I wanna start coming to church. I wanna, whatever it is, what is the one thing that you want to start? Now, when you answer these questions, can I encourage you to answer them not out of fear, you know, because we can easily have a negative motivation for everything. It's like, I wanna start working out so I don't die. It's like, whoa, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the motivation. It's a little bit negative. Maybe you could go, I wanna, I wanna work out so I can have energy and play with the grandkids. You know, so, so answer these in the spirit of love and not fear. And when we talk about love, we talk about answering in the, in the spirit of love for God, love for others, but also love for yourself. Because some of us, our self-talk is like so toxic. It's like what we say to ourselves about ourselves is like, if you spoke to others the way sometimes you talk to yourself, that friendship would end then and there. It's like, you know, the moment you're alone in the car, the moment you're alone at home, you look, at, you look yourself in the mirror and you say things about you, you know, that are so hurtful. You speak so much death over yourself and, and, and go through and replay like just old hurt and pain. And, and I just wanna encourage you, you've gotta change the talk because the person you're talking about that's in the mirror, that person is also a child of God. That person is also a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And who are you to speak about someone that's been created in the image of God like that? So when you answer these questions, answer them with a the love for God love for others and a love for yourself. Now there are things that you want to do and there are things that you need to start. And I think it's just important to remember that if you do the things you need to do, when you need to do them, then a time will come when you can do the things you want to do when you want to do them. So start with what you need to do. So number one, what do I need to start? Number two, what should I stop? What should I stop doing? Now, can we just be honest here? I think most of us, we know the things that we do that are stupid. Can I get an amen? I mean, we know the thing. I mean, I don't need a psychologist to tell me to stop that. I don't need an expert. We know the things and I don't know. We just keep doing them. You know, I don't know what it is. It's like, do we have any husbands here today? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, wise, you should be proud. Marriage is a thriving and audacious. But you know, I don't know, husbands, if, if you ever fight in your marriage. I'm a Viking, so it gets heated. And do you know those moments when you're about to say something and you know, if I say this, I'm gonna be pushing all the wrong buttons, but I wanna do it anyways. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether we just bored and we just like, let me just throw a Red Bull into the kindergarten and see what happens. You know, I don't know what it is, but I, you know, I'm in those moments and I'm like, we have a dog and I'm like, I'll put a leash on the dog. I go, we're about to go for a walk. <laughs> 
you know, and I'm like, yeah, well, bam. And then it's like, all right, let's go for a walk. You know, we know, we know the thing. And if you don't know the things you need to stop, try and think back over the last 12 months. What were the things you kept regretting doing? I mean, regret is just learning in hindsight. So how about we change the hindsight into foresight and go, I want to plan my way out of regret by just stop doing those things. So what are the things that I need to stop doing? And, I, and just remember, if you don't like the output, change the input. You know, the key to permanent change is changing the people that you hang around. Show me your friends and I'm gonna show you your future. <laughs> show me the voices that are shaping you. And that's not just, I mean, the voices that are shaping you, if you wanna quickly find out who is, who's shaping you, look at who you follow on social media. Look at the podcast you listen to, not the ones you say you listen to, the ones you actually listen to. Look at your search history. Look at your DMs, both the public and the private. Look at, look at your most recent call history. Look at who you message. Look at who you hang around. Those are the voices that are shaping you. Paul, he said in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, he says, bad company corrupts good character. And so if you wanna change who you are, just change the voices that are shaping you. Because the subtotal of your voices is what is shaping you. Now, I'm not saying be weird about it. Don't make a phone call after this. It's like, that's it, you're out of my life. You know, I never wanna see you. That's weird. It's weird saying that to your mom, okay? So, but, but you can make a choice how much weight their words are gonna have in my life. Amen? What do I need to start? And what should I stop? Number three, what should I change? There's some things in your life, you've started it, you don't really need to stop it, but maybe you need to change it. What do you need to change? Most things are acceptable in moderation. At the same time, most things are bad in excess. So what are some things that, that I could change? It could be uh, if you go to the gym once a week, maybe you wanna go twice a week. It could be um, less screen time. I mean, hypothetically, I mean, not that anyone in the room has a problem with that. Uh, it, could be, uh, it could be better quality friends. It could be more quality time. It could be more time with the kids, more time with the spouse. It could be, um, I go to church once a month. I'm gonna start going twice a month. It could be, you know, whatever it is, what are some things that you can change in your life? And you know, the, things about, the thing about the things that we need to change is that often they're blind spots. And that's where we need maybe professionals or maybe we just need some people in our lives that are close enough to us that can just say, you can ask them and say, hey, what do I need to change? Like, do we have any husbands here today? Wow. Now, do we have any wives here today? So beautiful. Now, listen, wives. When your husbands ask you after this, very sheepishly, honey, queen, um, is there anything, just the top of your head, that you could think of that I should change? Can I ask you, wives, when he asks you that question, don't press print, okay? Like, like don't pull out a laminated piece of paper. Okay, just, just play along, we get it. Okay, play along, like, oh, 
Never thought of that. I don't know. Uh, like, do you want it alphabetically or chronologically? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe just give us the top two or three, okay? Is that okay? While I've got the wives' attention. Now wives, and I think I speak on behalf of every man in the room. I'm leaving after this, but wives, when you turn to your husband after this question and you ask the question, honey, is there anything I could change? Please remember that you asked the question. I don't know. I don't know if it's biology. I don't know if it's evolution. But there seems to be a disconnect between asking a question and remembering when a question has been asked. It's like, I don't know, my wife is the same. Honey, does my butt look big in this dress? And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. I can see the kids are gathering around with popcorn. My dog is putting on a leash on his own. It's like, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on. So just, wives, just please remember. When someone, when they ask you that question, just remember that you asked the question. You know, this is why we read the Bible daily. The Bible says and it describes itself as a mirror. You know, when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror, you're like, oh dear Lord. You know, you think about all the things you have to change. That's why we read the Bible. We look in the Bible and we go, whoa, that's how I'm supposed to forgive. That's how I'm supposed to love. That's how I'm supposed to serve. That's how I'm supposed to live my life. Not with condemnation, but just like, man, there is a better version. That's actually also why we go to church. I'm not throwing any shade on anyone watching online right now. I'm sure you have a good reason for watching online. But that is why we physically meet in church. Because the things that are rubbing up against each other, the Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You know, when people say, I don't like going to church, you know, people annoy me and I don't wanna serve because, oh, I gotta be so patient with people. And it's like, yeah, it's called discipleship. It's called becoming more like Jesus. So all those things that are rubbing against each other, all the things that are butting heads, those are the blind spots in our lives that are being shaped and that are being cut off in order for us to become more like Jesus. What should I start? What should I stop? What should I change? And as the team comes and joins me, what should I continue? Isn't it interesting that when there's a lot of change around us, it can sometimes unsettle us. And suddenly we start reconsidering stuff about our lives that we never thought about before. Like let's say a whole bunch of people are leaving church or leaving faith and suddenly it's like, should I be leaving church? And he's like, I'd never thought about it before, but now because there's change around me, I'm like, oh, maybe I should. Or someone at work just got a divorce and then someone else got a divorce and now they turn to you and go, are you getting a divorce too? And you're like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't even know that was up for debate. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't, maybe I should. And it, but then deep down inside of you, you know you're doing the right thing at the right time. Like, like people are changing and stopping and starting around you, but, but deep down inside, you're like, no, I know I'm doing the right thing in the right place for the right reason. And to you, I wanna encourage you Continue. Do not give up. Paul, he says to the Galatians, and you can almost hear the tone. Guys, 
let's not grow weary while doing good. You know, let's not grow weary while doing good. Now, weary is not tired. Being tired is like, man, I, I can have a nap. You know, by the end of today, I'll be tired. Physically, I'm tired. I'll be good. I'll have a nap. I'm good again. You know, I'm tired. Weary is when your soul is tired. Weary, like during COVID, we got weary. You know, weary is when the, the, you haven't seen the promise fulfilled yet. I'm weary. I'm like, this is carrying on. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting weary. And Paul says, let us not grow. We, you grow weary. You don't become weary overnight. You grow weary. Let us not grow weary, guys, while doing good. Because in due season, the right time, the opportune time, the God-ordained time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, if we do not lose heart. You know, some of you, you know you're doing the right thing in the right place. And I wanna tell you, if the seed is planted and the soil is healthy, it is only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Every tree knows this. You don't see a tree striving, do you? You don't see an apple tree standing there. Come on, apple. Come on, fruit. Come on. No, you don't see that. <laughs> Why? Because a tree knows if I just stay planted, come hella high water, come storms, come everything that's coming at me, it doesn't matter. If I just stay planted, it is only a matter of time. What should you start? What should you stop? What should you change? And what should you continue? You might be here today and you're like, why does it matter? Why are we in church talking about our lives? Why are you talking about my marriage? Why are you talking about my finances and my health? And why does it matter? Just talk about church stuff. Well, we serve a God who's interested in every single part of your life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to kill, steal and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life to the full. Not just in one area, in every area. But our, our natural, you know, bent as humans is that we start striving, which is what religion is. Religion is when you try and work something out that God never worked in. Uh, rules and regulations, I try better. And that's when we get the language of good Christian versus bad Christian. It's like, there's no such thing. That's why the Bible says, no, no, let God work it in me. He works it in me so I can work it out. So really my focus as a Christian is Jesus. Jesus, work it in me. That's why my prayer life, my prayer life is super simple. I know yours might be super complex and really theological deep. Do you wanna hear how I pray most days? It's like this. <clears throat> Dear Jesus, help! Amen. Can we be honest? <laughs> Help me be a better husband. Help me be a better man. Help me be a better dad. Help me be a better human. Jesus, help. That is what the grace of God is. God's grace is God's help. So how do I open my life up to the grace of God? Well, Jesus came in grace and truth. When I open my life up to the person of Jesus, I open myself up to the grace of God. And He changes me and transforms me from the inside out. And so I wanna pray for anyone here today. You've been working this, you're striving and 
Man, Jesus stepped into that scenario in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He goes, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? <laughs> Come away with me. Learn how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus like this, I'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you once knew God, but for whatever reason, one of these boxes threw you off. <laughs> And you walked away from God altogether. And today you realise I just need to turn around. I need to repent, which just means to change my mind. (laughs) I need to turn to Jesus again. I would love to pray with you. Could I get everyone just to close your eyes, bow your heads, just to give you a moment of privacy. I'm just gonna quickly count to three. And when I get to three, I want every person who wants to say, Thomas, when you pray for people to say yes to Jesus for the first time, or today I wanna come back to Jesus. I've walked away, but today I wanna say yes to Jesus again. When I say three, I want every person who wants to say yes for the first time or today you're coming back. When I say three, just lift your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it so I know who I'm praying for. You ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hands all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. If you lift your hand and you say, I need Jesus. I wanna open my life up to the reality of God. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else here today? You're saying, I need Jesus. Thank you. I want Jesus in my life. Thank you. Anyone else? All the way at the back. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. So good. You can put your hands down. We're going to say a prayer together. I want to ask everyone to pray this prayer because we're family, but especially those who lifted your hand or you didn't, but you know you should have. Come on, just say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for your love. I'm sorry for my mistakes. I'm sorry for my sin. But today I choose you. I make You my Lord and Saviour. And from today, I'm a follower of Jesus. I am forgiven and I am free. In the Name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give all those people a hand? Come on, can we stand to our feet all over this place? I wanna pray for one more group of people and then we're gonna get into a song and we're gonna worship Jesus and continue the service just for a little bit longer. But I wanna pray for anyone here today where you're saying, Thomas, I'm making a decision, not to me, but before God, that this week I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna ask these four questions. What should I start, stop, change or continue? It sounds silly, it might sound silly if you're younger, but this counts when you're older as well. Sometimes we don't change out of fear what will others think about me. And you know, when it comes to walking by faith, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is fear. When we get to that crossroad where I've got to choose to trust the Lord with all of my heart or lean on my own understanding, it's really a question of, will I have the courage to walk by faith? Paul says that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but one of power, love and self-discipline, sound mind. So I wanna pray for anyone here today. I wanna pray for sound mind and I wanna pray for courage, that you have the courage to start, stop, change and continue. So this is not for me, this is between you and God. But if you're here today and you're saying, I'm committing myself this week to answer these four questions, will you raise your hands and I'm gonna pray for you and then we're gonna continue worshiping. Jesus, I thank You that You see every hand. You see what these hands represent, Lord God. And Lord, I pray as people are sitting down either by themselves or with you know, their, their Bible study group or with their significant other, Lord God, or friends, Lord Jesus. I just pray, Lord God, Lord, that Your presence will be there, that You will guide thoughts, that You will guide conversations, Lord God 
that when those moments come, Lord Jesus, where they got to step out by faith, Lord Jesus, when they have to leave the boat behind them, that Lord, they will not out of fear, shrink back and stay silent, Lord God, but they will step up, they will step in and they will step out into everything that You have for them, Lord God. So we pray for a spirit of power, a spirit of love and a spirit of sound mind. In the Name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.